0: Ball hit deep in the left center field. Wise back, back. Makes the catch.
1: What a Queen play. Wise makes the catch. What a
0: play by Wise. Mercy. This is the Shoeless Goat podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Shoeless Goat Podcast We're a Cubs, White Sox, and MLB podcast. I'm your host, Nick. I'm joined again in mid-season form by the mayor of Section 509, Patrick Bovard. Pat, how are you?
1: Nick, you know what? I can't say I'm doing anything but pretty good right now. Here we are at the All-Star break. Sox are in first. We're only a month out from the World Wiffle Ball Championship, thereabouts. Uh, overall, yeah, pretty pretty good time here this summer.
0: Uh, on one side of town, anyway. I wow, <laughs> how uh, how the turntables have turned. No, but in any case, yeah, uh, not so good on the north side. It's time to see what uh, the Hoyer regime has up its sleeve in regards to who stays and who goes. But we'll talk about that. This episode is going to be a little bit different. This is our mid-season review, uh, so it's not going to follow some of the same same guidelines as previous episodes. But in any case, we're still going to have a little bit of fun, more fun talking about the Sox and the Cubs. But for those of us who play uh, video games and we do the trade finder, that's what we're going to be doing on the north side with the Cubs. So uh, in any case, let's get right to it, Pat. Give us a recap of the first half of the White Sox, if you will.
1: It has been about, I mean, let me put it this way. Going into the season back in January, it's about as good as I would have hoped for. Given all the injuries, I think you can't really give this first half anything but an A. Um, I mean, you know, everybody, I mean, for everybody from Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Yasmani Grandal now, Jose Abreu missed time. Uh, Yohan Moncada missed a little bit of time. Nick Madrigal's done for the year. They've had injuries all over the place, and they have the best record in the American League at the All-Star break. You can't really write it up any better than that. You had the, I mean, the ups and downs of the year, I guess, have been there. Early in the season, you had Yerman Mercedes carrying the offense just like we all drew it up. Uh, You had the spat with him and uh, Tony LaRussa, Had a lot of controversy. Adam Eaton uh, coming back and getting DFA'd. All in all, though, the worst winning percentage they've had in a month so far is 560, and that's April and June with identical 14 and 11 records. Um, overall where they sit right now, the record is 54 and 35. They have the best record in the American league, as I mentioned, and they're eight up on Cleveland in the division with Cleveland missing pretty much their entire pitching staff from the beginning of the year and not having more than like two major league caliber hitters. So you feel like this is pretty much going to be a cakewalk at this point. They're going to get Aloy Jimenez back, um, in a couple weeks, most likely, probably near the end of the month. Luis Robert is supposedly about three weeks behind him. So overall, you got to be feeling good going into the playoffs this year. Um, How they got there, it's really been just super strong starting pitching and offense that's been just good enough to get by. Um, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about that starting pitching once we get into MVPs. Biggest concerns, I guess, if we want to get there, is that their record's really buoyed by a 30-15 and record against the AL Central. Um, You know, you want to... And I guess on the flip side there, they're 16 and 24 against teams over 500. My counterpoint there is a completely objective and definitely not a homer is that uh, beating up on your division is one legitimate way to get to the playoffs and their record against teams over 500 isn't accurately reflected because they're missing guys like Robert, like Aloy um, that are going to be back in the playoffs that they didn't have at the time. So how much can you really write that up? I don't know. I still feel good. This is, I mean, if you would have given me this back in March after Eloy went down, I would have taken this signed on the dotted line right there.
0: Yeah, so one of the concerns of having such a big lead going into the rest of the season is often is said that they're not playing a meaningful game of baseball for about two and a half months. But that's just not the case with the White Sox because they're slowly going to be getting their starters back from injury. So they're going to be using these games in a division they seemingly have locked up already uh, to get guys playoff ready. So I think this puts them in a really good spot. And also, you're not going to see a lot of the fatigue from those starters that are coming back because they just haven't been playing a whole lot of baseball. The rust is more of a concern than the fatigue. I don't know what you'd rather have.
1: Yeah, I guess the rust with Aloy, I think for me, uh, one of the things with him is he's going to have basically two months of at-bats. And I think that should be good enough to get going. That puts you like, if you're at the beginning of the year, that's June. I feel good enough about that. Robert is the one where, depending on how he's running, I think could be much more of a wild card. And I think looking a little bit further down the line, Yasmani Grandal, who last week had surgery on his knee for a torn tendon, that's probably the biggest concern of mine of any of the injuries just because the drop-off from Eloy to Andrew Vaughn, is it's big, but Andrew Vaughn is still an above-average Major League hitter who gives you about the same on defense with the added bonus of not hurting himself in the field. So, you know, you'll take what you get there. Um Luis Robert to Adam Angle isn't great, but Adam Angle's hitting the ball really damn well this year. So it's something they don't have an option behind Yasmani Grandall. Zach Collins, they'll talk him up, but he's not anywhere near the same caliber of catcher. And Sebi Zavala can't hit the ball. So unless they go external, to me, that's your biggest injury concern. Uh just going into the playoffs. But overall, I don't know. I'm I'm feeling good.
0: I'd say there are there are worse situations to find yourself yeah, absolutely. in. So. And
1: even um, behind Cleveland, I just I just noticed this. They're fifteen up on the third place team. So it's like it's basically the victory tour the rest of the season
0: so getting a little ahead of ourselves who do you want the white Sox to face in the first round in order to gain the momentum required to make a playoff run
1: um so that i would say of the teams right now that are in playoff contention so i'm thinking like uh, houston and oakland in the west and then boston tampa toronto and the yankees in the east i would say i like how they match up against tampa that's one of those two teams, Tampa or Toronto is probably who I would pick. Um, I, they beat both of those teams two out of three at home early in the season. I just think with their starting pitching there, they match up well, especially against Tampa who doesn't, although they're scoring runs, they don't have the high powered offense, at least on paper that you could see a, Toronto in a short series exploding with guys like Vladdy and Springer and uh, Marcus Semyon. So I'd say probably one of those two, but ultimately I think the only team in the AL that really frightens me with the White Sox is probably Houston, uh, just given their history in the playoffs, I think they'd probably pose the biggest challenges with that offense. Um, I don't know if Verlander's coming back, but if he did, that adds a whole other dimension on there as well. And the Sox just did not look good against them earlier in the year.
0: Yeah, and another thing I could totally see happening, which would suck, is the Yankees go on a run, win their wildcard series, and the Sox have the best record and automatically face the Yankees in the first round. That yeah. would be the killer.
1: I think that, yeah, that would be tough just because, like, I mean, Cole hasn't looked the same, but he's still, I mean, he's still Garrett Cole. He, even if he's Pirates Cole, that's still a good pitcher. Um, it's just one of those things, yeah, they didn't look good against the Yankees either. It's going to be interesting because, I mean, I think the Sox probably are going to pad that lead a lot in the second half, so it'll be interesting to see if they get the wild card or if they get the, uh, the I guess, third seed.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens, but in any case, it's exciting on the south side, Uh Moving to the north side, not so exciting. If you'd asked me a month ago, it was exciting, but oh, how things change. In any case, the Cubs currently have a 44 and 46 record, are eight games back, and it is well known, according to reports, according to words from the GM's mouth, that it is sell mode time. Um, I kind of agree with the move. I don't like how baseball works where you have this group of stars and you end up selling them and all of a sudden they, they all play really well somewhere else. And it begs the question, why couldn't they all do this when they were on the Cubs? But uh, Sox had that question too when they had their sell off a couple of years back. In any case, how did we get here? Uh, April, kind of a tough start, but it was kind of the start we expected Uh, 11 and 15. Then May was fantastic, and it led into a really good beginning of June as well. So they were 19 and 7 in May. Uh, June, they were 12 and 16, but they started off the month hot, and that's how they built a pretty substantial, I think it was between a three and a five game lead in the NL Central. And then the wheels fell off the second half of June in the early part of now July. uh, We saw a 10 game losing streak, oh, which are 11, actually 11 game losing streaks. You never look to see that. So by the end of May, they were 30 and 22. By the end of June, they were barely holding on to that uh, above 500 watermark at 42 and 38 two and seven to start July at 44 and 46. The Brewers and the Reds have passed the Cubs and the Cubs and Cardinals are tied with the record. The two teams that we thought would be uh, ahead in the division this year, uh, both falling off. The funnier part about it is is that Cardinal Nation is now calling it a tank year, which you of course always get Nolan Arenado before you're ready to tank. So it makes perfect sense to me. I'd rather be a Cubs fan right now than a Cardinals fan. Let's just put it that way. Uh, But in any case, the uh, Cubs are in cell mode. We'll talk a little bit about uh, where we think and who we think Will uh, our our guys will go, uh, but all in all, pretty disappointing. But if you looked at the beginning of the season, we figured this team would be either a slightly below five hundred team or a slightly above five hundred team, and that's exactly where they are at. Just because they had this hot like hot start doesn't mean that they weren't going to regress to their true talent, which is a pretty much around five hundred team, and that's what they are.
1: Yeah, I gotta agree with you there with the Cardinals. That's a, I love the turn because the, the Cardinals would never uh, they'd never just be bad. That's not an option. Um, I will say, though, too, it is. it feels good to finally be on the other side of this after all these years. I mean, we've done this show. This is our third year now, and for pretty much the last, like, six years in Chicago, it's been the other way around. So it feel, finally feels nice to be on the other side of the equation.
0: No, yeah, I totally get it. I mean, it's not like we we were like – well, at least I specifically wasn't a ha-ha in your face, yeah. but I'm sure plenty of Cubs fans yep. were, so it probably feels pretty damn good. Um, I – I don't know. I'm. I saw this coming though, so I'm not as hurt. Um, I, I'm more interested in what next year is going to look like, if there even is a next year. So, if there was a time to, um, you know, get rid of all your guys and start over, it might be before a collective bargaining agreement gets fought over for a couple months. So.
1: Yep. Yeah, that is a scary thing on the corner with the team in a contention window.
0: Yeah, because right. I mean, you gotta hope they get it this year, because then okay, they don't get it this year. And then next year, the most of the season, if not all of it, is scrapped. And then you come come on the other side of it. You're coming back with a squad who hasn't played a full game of baseball in a year and a half, and you're in trouble.
1: <laughs> that was yeah. That was one of the first things I thought. Like you know, back when like Alloy got hurt, is if he goes down, that's basically two years. If he's done for the year, that's two years without him playing baseball. And it's pretty much what you're looking at with Nick Madrigal at right now. So it's it's scary. But I'm I'm interested to see where who I guess who the Cubs end up getting rid of and where they end up going um, especially with I think guys like Bryant and Kimbrel are almost a certainty to move if they'll get the right price I'm more interested to see how they handle guys like Rizzo and Baez uh, that are maybe more like face of the franchise type guys I guess you could probably call Rizzo that more so but just seeing do they actually try to move any of these guys or do they hold on to them with the hope of re-signing them I don't know
0: yeah so let's actually talk about that that's a nice little segue uh, I made a list of where, who I think goes and where I think they're going to go. And you can make your guesses too. Cause why, cause why not? It's a, it's a radio show, right? So I started off with, these are the people that I think are going, they're not going to be Cubs after the trade deadline, Chris Bryant, Zach Davies, Jack Peterson, Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras, and Craig Kimbrell, i think will all be out of town. I think that's a pessimistic view. I think um, that's me giving. I'm just. This is how I'm responding to the reports of of Hoyer saying, like, "Oh, you know, it's it's kind of like lumber liquidators. Everything must go." So, um, but in any case, how does that sound to you? Is that too much? Is, do you think they'll, they'll hold on to some more guys?
1: I think. I guess I used to say of all the main guys. Uh, Contreras would be the one I'd see them least likely to trade just because getting an offensive catcher like that is hard to find. I don't know anymore. I would say of that group, I think like Br- Bryant, I think is almost certainly gone. Cause they are, there's no way they're re-signing him. I don't think he has any interest in coming back. Um, so there's no way they're just letting him walk. Assuming they're going to get something more than a second round pick in a trade value wise. Kimbrell is, yeah, he's got one foot out the door. He's not going to finish the season there. I could see them hanging on to Baez. I think potentially if there's if there's a, gr- a few people you want to bring into that next round of, I guess, the, just the Cubs team, whatever comes up through the minors, that's a guy that's at least marketable. So I could see them maybe making a business decision and trying to keep him around. Um Kind of like You know, I would like, I say with the Sox, I think Tim Anderson is the one guy you pay. Like, if you have to pay only one of them, it's that guy that's kind of fans love, they can get behind him. But I don't know, I'm not also as in tune, but I would say the list overall sounds pretty good to me.
0: Yeah. And that's what I think, why I think they'll re sign Rizzo is because they're going to have, quote unquote, the fan favorite with a bunch of, you know, um, know, not so good players. I also have him keeping Hap and Hendricks. Um, so I think those three will be kind of the ones that stick around and the rest. I mean, I think that the, the MLB going on strike next year is saving the Cubs from being, I'm not joking, an 110-loss team.
1: Next so,
0: yeah, so it's going to be tough. Welcome back to 2014 and 2013, Cubs fans. We've missed you. Um, but in any case, this is where I think these guys are going. And feel free to throw in a prediction after every guy. I say, I've got Chris Bryant going to the Mets.
1: Yeah, that's where I'd agree with that. I think that's where all the smoke's pointing for him.
0: Yeah, um, Zach Davies. I have going to the Red Sox. That's just a random pick. Yeah. I think they could use a starting pitcher. Um, I think everybody could use a starting pitcher. Um, I mean, the White Sox might be. Um, and speaking of White Sox, that's where I have Jock Peterson going. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's, it's been rumored for years, right? It might as well happen now. Yeah,
1: they almost ruined that trade a few years ago. I don't know. I I could see it just because they need a like a, a left-handed bat in there. They've also gotten a lot of good production out of Brian Goodwin and uh, uh, Gavin Sheets, though, so far. So I would say my thought is if they go, the first thing they're going to address, I think, is right-handed bullpen because they need bullpen help. After that, I would say probably somebody who can play second base, but uh, who's you know they. I also see the Sox potentially go in the uh what what is it uh, you know getting Aloy and Luis Robert back is better is pretty much better than any trade deadline trade we could have made like okay like Rick on pulling that line out. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now this is the, the, the blockbuster deal. I've got a package deal with Oakland for Javier Baez and and Craig Kimbrell. Um, I think that uh, they miss Marcus Simeon um, and they're more than willing to take an expiring contract as they have in the past to, to, to make a run at it. And they also miss obviously uh, the South slider, if you will. Um, in the bullpen. So I think that they're going to try to make a run for first place and not just settle for the wild card because they know how that's worked out for them. And that's how they're going to do it. Um, In any case, that makes a playoff matchup possible rematch with the White Sox a little bit more interesting. Uh, Additionally, I've got Wilson Contreras going to the Nationals. Um, I think they're going to make a run too, because I still think the NL East is wide open. I think uh, Acuna going down makes it everybody else, the Phillies and the um, and the Nationals more buyers again, and I just don't think the Mets are that good of a team, so they don't scare teams into going into sell mode. Um, and the reason I think Contreras is going is because how high they are on Miguel Amaya and how they're very much willing to wait. And kind of the same thing with with Howard, uh, who they drafted last year. They're okay with losing uh, Javier Baez, I think, and not paying him the three hundred million dollars he thinks he's worth, uh, which I think you know someone like Cleveland will pay him next year to, to fill that slot for Lindor. But I'm certainly the A's won't pay him that, so.
1: Yeah, no, he did. I mean, if he wants 300, he, can, he is going to have a hard time finding that.
0: Yeah. He'll end up getting, I think, 185, but it's just not going to be with the Cubs, I don't think.
1: Yeah. Kimbrel's the interesting one there, because if I had to pick one player on the Sox that I think realistically they would go after, which I would say Chris Bryant with an extension in hand, but I don't see that happening. It would be Kimbrel. I think a right-handed bullpen arm is what they need. I just think there's other teams in the AL that need a closer specifically that are, would pay way more for him than the Sox would. So maybe the Phillies, I don't know. Their bullpen sucks. Maybe they'd go after him.
0: So typically Scott Boris clients always seek free agency, right? So I just don't see Chris Bryant going to a team with a deal ready to go, but the CBA is up. So maybe he wants that security and he can talk and, you know, talk his agent out of his old ways, but who's to say, you know, Scott Boris is going to be a big part of the collective bargaining agreements. So, it's let's just say it's going to be interesting. So, yeah, guys that are no longer going to be Cubs in my book, KB, Zach Davies, Jack Peterson, Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras, and Craig Kimbrell. And the ones that stick around, Rizzo, Hendricks and Hap. And I guess you could throw Hayward in there, too. But <laughs> it's a tough scene. But in any case, uh, looking kind of bleak on the north side. But uh, hopefully they get a full revamp of the farm system. Uh, if the Darvish trade is any indication, they won't.
1: Yeah, or they're going to get guys that will be around in like seven years.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, hey, same thing happened with uh, Tatis Jr. And, and, and Shields. You I, had to you know, know that was coming. We
1: had, we had, yeah, I had to go there. We got yeah, Elijah yeah. Tatis, though, so it's all good.
0: <laughs> exactly. And Uelkis, uh, Cespedes.
1: Just the, all the bloodlines are coming through the Sox. Oh, yeah. Uh, minor leagues now.
0: Love to see it. Okay, uh, now you had uh, your take on the big story for the White Sox in the first half. Mine was obviously this you know, the soon to be trade bonanza. But go ahead with the White Sox.
1: Yeah, so I think obviously we kind of touched on it a little bit. The injuries have been the big the, the big story for the Sox and how they've pretty much persevered through all of them. Definitely shocking to me because when Aloy went down, I thought you know I mean they lost forty five. I would say potentially fifty home runs out of the lineup with him going. He has that kind of power that you just can't replace. No team in baseball can. And they've been fine. They're not hitting for power, but they've been fine. Um, Then obviously Luis Robert went down. Nick Madrigal went down. Uh, Yasmani Grandal is now down. Um, But I think now, you know, you got Aloy coming back on that rehab stand. I think right now in high A in a couple games, he's had seven at bats, a home or a couple RBIs. He's playing left. Big question is going to be how he fits in. um, How they build out that lineup. I don't, think they're going to not play him in the field I think that's short-sighted and I think overall this lineup make the roster as a whole makes a lot less sense if he has to DH full-time I just I don't see that happening I still think though he it's going to be like a couple of games and in the playoffs it's going to be you play wherever we tell you to and for this year it's fine probably going to be a question they have to kick the can down the road on and get to next year but I just think it sums up you know once they get start getting these guys back it's all it, I think it all comes into place um I the biggest question for me is going to be Luis Robert, how he runs. Can he has Monty Grandall catch? But just I think like they're a couple pieces away. it's a bullpen arm. That's where they've struggled. And I think if they could get somebody that can play second base with a better bat than a Lurie Garcia type, I think they're in business. It's not really going to take much more than that to at least be a one at the top of the AL going into the playoffs.
0: I think talking playoffs, I think um, Just in general, this is top of my head thinking that we didn't plan this out, but who do you think the hottest uh, trade target is um, probably in baseball right now? Um, Let's just go starting pitching-wise.
1: Starting pitching? um, I had not thought about this. I think – one that I could see, and I don't know what the willingness is to trade there, but I think Jose Barrios is a really interesting one
0: out exactly it, right? what I was yep. just going to say. Yeah, I that's, wanted, to, I wanted, to, I, wanted to, I wanted you to say that, and I was going to bring it up if you didn't.
1: Yeah, that's. I think just he's he has that super like he has a super high ceiling out there. He's been really good this year. He's given the Sox fits. I just don't know if the Twins. I don't know what like I don't know what's going on with the Twins. Are they thinking they're going to be just bounce back and compete next year? I I don't know. That's I think the biggest question with if the Twins how much they choose to sell.
0: I hope that's what they're thinking, right? Because I hate this uh, this current mindset of like, oh, we suck this year, start yep. over. When that Twins roster, they started off so poorly and they were demoralized, right? Yep. They can still win the division next year right with this current roster. So that's what I'm curious to see. I think Gibson as well. Kyle Gibson will be a very interesting starting pitching Um, uh, from the Rangers who are uh, in rebuild. Joey Gallo also uh, from the uh, hitters side of things, I think could go anywhere. That's the only thing stopping me from getting his Jersey is not knowing where the heck he's going to be in a week and a half or two weeks. Um, But in any case, yeah, super interesting stuff. I can't wait for the trade deadline anyway, because that'll give us something interesting to talk about in the dog days of summer. But moving on now, uh, we've, we've kind of you know, covered the, the, the rise and the fall of the two teams respectively. Who is the team MVP? The Sox have way more to choose from than the Cubs so far. So uh, first half MVP.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to go with first my two main uh, honorable mentions. And that would be Lance Lynn, who they acquired in the offseason, obviously for Dane Dunning. I uh, loved that trade from the beginning. I think he's been a perfect fit here production-wise. Obviously, he's a sub-2 ERA at the All-Star break. Can't really beat that. He's an All-Star. And just personality-wise, he fits in with the team uh, and, like, the fan base's mentality. Uh, my other, other honorable mention is Yasmani Grandall, the sub-200 boy wonder. Um, still getting on base at about a 39% clip and right near the team lead in home runs, who I think really powered them through a couple of uh, dark weeks offensively there in June. But the person I'm naming as the MVP, if you would have told me back in November of last year that I would be naming Carlos Rodon as the first-half MVP for the White Sox, I would have asked you what drug you were on. That's I, I like. It's just such a remarkable turn of events. Obviously, there's the no hitter. He almost had another no hitter in Detroit. But just looking at the numbers, he's almost at four WAR already. He's a a two three ERA. He's striking out guys at a thirty six percent rate. He's set, got a seven and three record, and his fastball, I think, most ridiculously, is basically at ninety six miles an hour on average now, where his previous career high was ninety four point two five years ago. Like those types of turnarounds that far down the road don't happen. Like, this is, he's always been a good pitcher, but like this is, I mean, he's hitting 100 miles an hour in the seventh inning of his starts now. That's just not something that happens uh, over the course of the year. And the thing is, he's still been up there since the post sticky stuff crackdown. So I don't know what the ceiling is for Carlos Rodon. I don't know if the Sox are going to try to pony up for him in the offseason because he's probably going to get himself a lot of money from a team like the Yankees. But, but right now, with everything he's done out of the five spot in the rotation, I, you can't name anyone else the MVP.
0: See, yeah, you go back to if you asked me in November, if you asked me in November, he was going to be pitching for the Cubs. Yep. That's what I thought was going to happen. And, he, you know, he, he, he stuck with the team that kind of stuck with him a little bit and got that one-year deal. And, man, is he cashing in on it? He's going to make some serious money next year. I don't think the Sox will pay him, but no. someone will.
1: Unless he's willing to take a hometown discount. I mean, they've never paid anybody more than $73 million, whatever Grandal's getting now. But I think just I look back, too. Um, late last year, Carlos Rodon he had been hurt most of the year. He comes back out of the bullpen in Cleveland, never pitched out of the bullpen in his major league career, or maybe he did a time or two his rookie year. Gets lit up, blows the game, kind of had that bad taste in your mouth that he was kind of one of the driving forces of the Sox, losing the division lead and ended up being the seventh seed. Oakland. Then he comes in in the wild card game when uh, Crochet got hurt and Ricky basically imploded and started bringing in a new pitcher every batter. Rodon came in. Walk, I think he walked two batters uh, and then they intentionally walked a batter to get him out of the game. Like and then I thought that was it. Like that's that was pretty much the wild card game. That's the last time we're going to see him a White Sox uniform. And fast forward to now, where he very well may be starting the All Star game in two days. Just it's it's incredible.
0: Yeah, I could see him uh, wearing. Uh, a halo next year honestly they'd probably pay him in in Anaheim uh, which well we want to get into the fact that Mike Trout and Shohei Otani will be missing the playoffs again so that's it's just wild stuff but in any case um, speaking of Otani um, not really actually because we weren't we're not going to do predictions of league MVPs but that's the obvious front runner. Mm-hmm. Um, we had predictions at the beginning of the year. I don't even remember what my predictions were. I think I had twins over Dodgers. That's obviously not going to happen. I don't remember what you, you had. White Sox beating somebody. I can't remember.
1: I, yeah. I can't remember if I had them been in the world series, or not if I went like full Homer, but I, I had the twins in the playoffs. So I'll take, and I had the Padres missing the playoffs, So I'll take the L's on that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, t- Hey, second half, second chances. Okay. Who is your world series, uh, matchup and pick? I think I know.
1: Yeah. So out of the NL, um, I just, I can't pick against the Dodgers. I just, I don't, obviously, you know, the Padres are good. The Giants have been the surprise of the year. The Brewers have really damn good pitching. Um, and the NL East, I just think is a mess now. I it just, the smart money's on the Dodgers. It has been, regardless of what happens with Trevor Bauer and don't really want to get into that whole deal. There's still a, they're still the defending champions and they still probably have top to bottom, the best lineup in baseball. Um, and they have the freaking uh, rejuvenated Albert Pujols now hitting dingers. So I don't know what's going on there, but I got the Dodgers out of the NL. The AL, I'm I'm going with the White Sox. I can't pick against them at this point. They have the best record in the American League. There's some concerns, but I just I'm having a hard time picking against them. Um, so yeah, White Sox Dodgers, 1959 World Series rematch, and then uh, I can't do anything else. I'm gonna take the Sox beating them in seven, finally avenging that loss in 1959.
0: Well, at least you made it go seven games and not just straight four. four. Uh, but, but in three, and then the Dodgers just forfeited the fourth one because they just didn't didn't want to take it anymore.
1: It's like fifteen, nothing, sixteen to one, twenty two to three, and they just walk off. Then like we're done.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're going to not like me. Uh, I also have L.A. in the NL, and I have Oakland as my uh, as my. American oh league pick and Oakland to beat the Dodgers. Yes. I'm saying it. I don't care. They're going to have Javier Baez and Craig Kimbrell. Of course they're <laughs> going to make her run. Um, and they're going to trade their whole farm to get them. So even better, right? Um, no, but Sean Maniah, finally, Sean Maniah, after years of me saying he was good and being wrong, he was the pitcher of the month last month. Uh, he's pitching really well. And I don't know, Oakland finally, after just doing it, going after Baez and Kimbrell and, uh, you know, of course, the White Sox will have to play the Yankees in the first round, and it'll it'll get ugly. Opens the door for everybody else in the American League to make a run, and who knows what can happen from there. Why not make wild predictions? You said the Padres weren't going to make the playoffs, so now I get I one. Said,
1: that was that was very wild. Looking back now, um, although to be fair, if you I, I if you would have told me when I made that prediction that they were going to be a third place team in at the All Star break, I would have felt really good about it. Unfortunately. Yeah they have like what the fourth best record in the national league and they're in third place. So uh, I guess that's just how it goes.
0: Yeah. Giants, man. Giants and Red Sox just being wild. Um, But in any case, uh, great first half of baseball because we got actually a half of baseball uh, as opposed to the six game season we got last year. Wonderful to see full stadiums all that. Oh, there's a few people missing from from Wrigley. I think the ball boys. But in any case, uh, we won't get into that too much. But anyway, Pat, glad we get to keep doing this. Uh, this is the end of our midseason episode. Any final thoughts to wish your boys good luck before uh, they take on the second half of baseball?
1: I will say I am very happy that Tim Anderson got named to the All-Star Game. That was late. Uh, he was the injury replacement for Carlos Correa. Guys deserved it. Would have been an All Star last year, so I'm happy that he got that nod. Um, other than that, I just I'm going to be there first series the the second half when they play Houston. Um, I have a very good track record of seeing the Sox play the Houston in Chicago. The Houston Astros, not the Houston. Um, this is in European soccer. Uh, <laughs> in Chicago, back in '05, so I'm feeling good about that one. I'm hoping they can come out of the gates rolling and just keep that momentum going.
0: Yeah, and as for the Cubs, message, Hoyer, Jed Hoyer, do your job. That's all I can say. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you listen, soundchicago.com, checking out some articles. Uh, Reliever rankings might have to wait. Let's just put it that way. It's a lot of work and I got a lot of things going on right now. So we, we might, we might uh, skip this month and just, and just sum it up when the Cubs are, you know, 20 games back, that's when I'll have plenty of time to, to work on that stuff. But in any case, Pat, thank you so much for joining us. We will uh, tune in next week after a, you know, an all-star game, a home run derby, all that cool stuff. Uh, but as always go Cubs, go White Sox, go baseball. And remember Yadi Molina is not a hall of famer as we saw him drop balls left and right the other day. against the Cubs. Take care.